Uh, oh, yeah. Any updates in terms of the uh, injury and COVID situation? <clears throat> uh, Injury-wise... Uh, Connor Roberts is back on the grass and beginning to make progress, but not there yet. Um, obviously, had a, a really uh, sort of deep board infection that, that knocked him off his feet for a while, uh, but he's getting stronger. Um, Ashley Barnes had a little minor setback, so he's still a bit of time away and needs game time as well. Um, Maxwell's made really good progress. He's been on the grass today. So it comes back into the thinking. We'll have to be you know, careful and, and decide with him. Excuse me. Um, Two, uh, Kevin Long's back in after a COVID case and two others, are, are we're waiting at the end of their, their COVID spell. So we're hopeful that they come back in in the next 24 hours as well. But um, uh, Josh Browner won't, obviously, because of the protocols. And in terms of Corner, what, what would be your main consideration as to whether you play him or not? Uh, just true fitness, um, availability through his injury, how he's feeling, um, the risk and reward scenarios, um, you know, making sure he's already had a couple of minor things that have ended up a little... Well, this one's a bit unfortunate because he had COVID during it. He wasn't particularly ill, but obviously we all know the protocols. They're not allowed in the building, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it delays, uh, um, you know, the fitness work and the, the true return, if you like. Um, so, yeah, a number of things to be factored in. And, of course, he's only trained for a few days as well, although he's felt strong. Um, he has done some work with the sports scientists, just to be clear, quite obviously. Uh, but what I mean, he's trained football-wise only for a couple of days. So we'll see how uh, we put all that into the melting pot and make a decision. But it'll also be with Maxwell as well. You know, he's a really, really open lad. Um, ask him how he's feeling, how he feels about his body as well. In terms of the postponements and other games uh, gone, Newcastle, Southampton, um, are you happy with how it's being determined whether a game goes ahead or not? It's not about me being happy or not. It's the, the powers that be that make the decisions. They're the ones who control football. Um, certainly not me. Do you think there's a danger, though, some teams would get an advantage at the end of all this? That's up to the teams to decide how they're going about it. The Premier League are the ones controlling it, so it'll be on their shoulders, whichever way they're making decisions on why the games are off. Um, so, like I say, I, I think we're all, you know, um, their drums the beat that we're all dancing to, no one else's. And you've got a couple of games in hand. How confident are you feeling that you can turn this round, that you can <clears throat> see a change of fortunes as you head into 2022 and move out of the relegation places? Yeah, very confident. The, the performance levels have been generally high. Um, the, the detail of, um, unfortunately, broken record time. Again, the details are so, so vital um, in any game and the margins, etc., etc. We have to, obviously, um, change that. But the, the mentality is still firm. The, the, you know, we're at Man United last night and we're, we're three down, we nick a goal. Second half, we have three really good chances in the last three, four minutes of the game. So the mentality is good to keep taking the game on and keep trying to win games. Um, the details within it, <clears throat> excuse me, personnel being fit and ready, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so very confident going forwards. And how busy do you envisage being in January in the transfer market? Do you feel you need reinforcements? Whether I feel that I need them or not, the market will dictate. It often does. Um, money available, players available, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's a lot that needs to fall into place for deals to get done, uh, particularly in January. You're not targeting any positions then at this stage? Uh, no, we'd, we've always got our ear to the ground. We've always got our mind open. We've always got our scouts looking at many positions uh, for the shifting sands of the market, if, if needs be. OK, thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thanks, James. Rob Scanlon, PLP. Hi, Sean. Um, Hi. Happy New Year to you. Uh, personally, you. professionally, how much have you enjoyed the last 12 months? 
Well, I've had more enjoyable 12 months, to be honest, um, you know, than the last 12 months. I think we all have. It's been, <clears throat> excuse me, a real challenge for many um, ways in life um, and, you know, a lot to fathom out, a lot to make sense of, um, loads of challenges. But that's, like I say, that's, it's not just me, it's, it's everyone in life. It's not just me, it's not just football. Everyone's having varying challenges of their own. In terms of this game that, that starts the new year, um, how big a challenge is it? How important is it in the context of your season? Well, they're all important, you know, make no mistake. The, the games around you are obviously considered more important, but the facts are the facts at the end of the season. You know, these games, regards, you only get three points if you win. You don't get extra points. So the idea being you need to win the games, you need to get points on the table, that much I know about the Premier League, and that's the most important factor. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, when and where they come from, will be determined as the season goes on. But the main thing is to get the points on the table. So we'll be working hard in every game as we did last night and we'll be taking that mentality into the next one at least. I know your focus is to concentrate on yourselves and the good work you're doing, but what have you made of, of Leeds, uh, the injuries, the, the form that they've endured? Well, I think, you know, they had such a flying season last season. It is tough, you know, when you've got to repeat that. Um, they set the bar very high with the way they went about it and the way they played, the performance levels and the, the, the kind of freedom, if you like, that that first season in the Premier League can bring sometimes. Um, I think they probably knew. I, I think their, their managers are very um, straight-minded, straight-talking. Um, seems to me a very knowledgeable fellow about what he wants from his team and how he goes about it. Um, I would imagine within that, he'd have been realistic and thought, can we build on it? Maybe. But is there a challenge going forwards that possibly will mean it's going to be a tougher season? Yeah, I would imagine he'd been aware of that. Um, certainly well-travelled enough to be aware of that. It's not easy season on season, doing it in the Premier League to the level they did last season. Um, and then you add in the challenges, like we've all had, you know, injuries and the COVID situation and, you know, ups and downs of players and form and signing new players and all the challenges that come with with trying to mould a team and keep moulding it and remoulding it every season. So within all of that, performance-wise, they're still in there. They've got more points than us um, currently. Um, you know, they've managed to get some wins on the table. So, you know, they're still a decent outfit, but they're maybe not pairing as much as they were last season. Just finally from me, Aaron Lennon goes back to the club that kind of made him, really developed him. How pleased do you, have you been with his output recently and how closely are you having to manage him? I think you mentioned after the Manchester United game. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been playing regularly as in starting. Um, he's been <coughs> excuse me, involved in everything. So last night, you know, we had to be commonsensical. He put a lot of effort into a performance and played very well. Uh, we were well aware of that, quite obviously. We, we thought he could do a job in there. We knew from his past and we, we like what have been seen in training. Um, we tried out in a training game because we had the 18-day period and he did very well. Um, and I thought he did very well last night. So, yeah, him going back to the club where he really sort of made his early name, um, you know, I'm sure he'll be pleased with that and how his career's gone since then and where it is now. Thanks for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Rob. Daniel, <coughs> Hello. Hi, Birdie. Uh, you must be fed up of doing this already over this no, Christmas period. No, it's my favourite part of the week. I'm aware. Uh, just on the, the Leeds thing, uh, we, we've spoken a few times, obviously, because you've been in the Premier League for a few years now. There have been quite a lot of examples of this. From your own experience, mm. how hard is it to replicate what you do in that first season or to keep things fresh when you're no longer a surprise for opposition, if you see what I mean? Yeah, it does come with its difficulties. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Some clubs make an easier pathway second and third season. Some find it tough. 
Um, varying reasons for that, I think. You know, you can look at every club as an individual, whichever way it pans out for them. Um, I think the... the Sometimes the, 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 you forget how strong Leeds' season was last season, you know, and what it took to get there. Um, so to keep that consistency and, and of course, consistency, not just of performance, but the fitness of your squad, obviously a lot of challenges with that, with injuries and, and COVID, except, well, COVID's not the norm, obviously, you know, previous to COVID, um, but injuries and the ups and downs of player signings and you might lose some players and you've got player contracts and players often, you know, the agents now want more bigger contracts for the players and, you know, a lot more outside noise, I think. You know, when the hunger and desire is there to get there and then that first hungry season when everyone's open-minded about the challenge and playing with freedom and then that second season sometimes uh, sometimes comes and all the things I mentioned kind of get involved and and then all of a sudden it's that... It's like a reality, I always think, when a, with a player, whatever level you played at, when you step up the next one, you think, right, I've got to do this every week now. This is not just like one season. If this is my life as a Premier League player... This is not one season's work. This is whatever, you know, five, seven, eight seasons work. So I think that can take an adjustment mentally as well as physically to kind of, it's hard to explain, but to almost rubber stamp yourself that you are a bona fide Premier League player. And some of their players at Leeds have had to earn the right to get there. You know, they've worked very, very hard, similar to some of the players at Sheffield United, uh, what, what they did and what they achieved. And then that second season, just, it gets difficult. Um, other teams have made it easier. You know, other teams have found it easier. But... Leeds are still in reasonable shape. You know, people forget that. I just think they set the bar so high last season um, and they're, they're looking to try and, you know, achieve that again. And it, uh, I think it was going to be a tough ask. Um, but they're, they're certainly, they're no mugs. You know, we know, we know they've got players who can play. They know they've spent a lot of money. They know they've got a manager who certainly has a clear view of what he wants from his team. Um, so there's still a challenge and every game is in the Premier League. Do you think that's still the case for your players, even after all these years and all these seasons, Sean? You, you come into the Premier League and you, you kind of almost prove yourself as a Premier League player and then year on year on year, you've got to consolidate that and make sure you stay there? Yeah, I think what it does, it, it gives you an awareness and an understanding and a knowledge of what the Premier League is. You know, if you stay in there for more scenes, as a player this is, and well, and as me as manager and my staff, but, you know, we're looking for a player point of view. That reaffirms the consistency you need. That reaffirms the confidence. And, you know, I always mention that borderline tiny bit of arrogance you need to be a footballer and go into these stadiums and play um, with, with true belief, if you like. Um, and the experience that comes with that and using that experience. Now, we have got an experienced group. That's pleasing for me because, like I say, they're aware of the challenge. They know the realities. They know it's not easy. But equally, they know that what we need to do and how we go about it to make sure that we look after ourselves. So... You know, we're looking to join the dots ourselves without worrying too much about everyone else. Those dots, how hard is it proving to find that optimum balance? Because there have been games like Man United where you create chances, but you've conceded <clears> goals. There have been games where you've looked solid defensively and perhaps not created so much. Yeah, it's, uh, we've spoken about it all season. Most managers do, even the top ones. The open side of the game to go and affect um, and be proactive in attacking. The, the closed side of the game to kind of shut the opposition down and not give them the gaps, not give them the, the, the chances, if you like. And then within that, the detail. And that's, the, that's currently, for our season, that's been the story so far. Not for our way either end of making chances or defending properly, um, but finding the details, finding the killer moments in attack and shutting down their, their chance of killer moments in defence. And like I say, it's, it's always tight with us. It's, I don't think it's ever not been tight, but we've, we've made a really nice habit of making sure we're on the right side of the margins. Um, so I know it's there. 
And now it's about continuing the work, keep believing in the work to go and make sure we are the right side of it. And last night we had, we had three big chances with literally five minutes to go, four or five minutes to go. That in itself is a, a big task at Old Trafford when you're 3-1 down. And we're still going. The mentality is firm, the way we're going about it, still trying to get something from the game. So, you know, the mentality is good. The physicality is good. Some of the play last night was very good. It's them final moments, the final key moments um, at both ends of the pitch. I think the last time you were in the relegation zone at this time of year, Sean, you got something crazy like two-thirds of your total points in the second half of the season. How do you go about doing that again? Well, historically, since I've been here, we've been strong in the second parts of the season. Um, whatever challenge we've had, um, we've done that well. That usually means that there's some good work done by my staff and keep the players in good fitness and uh, uh, good mental health and well-being, you know, to take on the challenge of what it is. Um, I think there's a good belief in what we're doing and, and I think the players know how close we are to making things right and making them in our favour. So it bodes well, but the thing is, like I say, we can talk about it and I can analyse it and I can show you stats, facts and everything. But the biggest stat and fact that you ever need is to look at that league table and show your position and that bit we've got to correct. Talk about 2021. Obviously, it's a time when people will reflect on the calendar year and I know you're not a, a big reflections kind of fella, but it's a year since the club was taken over, which obviously was a big change for supporters to get used to. How different is the club now to how it was 12 months ago? Well, lots of changes in the, the modelling of the club, you know, in the office side, not so much uh, in our side, in the football side, but lots of change at the ground, lots of new ideas, different ways of working, different ways of uh, trying to sort of promote the feel of the club and the brand and change it and alter it. But without going away from the authenticity of it, you know, without going away from the fact it's a town club, it's very well respected by the fans and the people of Burnley. Likewise, the club's very respectful of the people of Burnley and the fans. So keeping that connection, but stretching it to try and find new ways of working and new ways of operating. And it's a delicate balance, but I think the club are changing. They're putting different things in place that allows that to happen. Um, while doing that, we want to get it right on the pitch as well, because that joins the dots definitely as a club. Would it be fair to say it's a relatively slow process? You, you've not been able to, to you know, go out and spend lots of money and bring lots of players in, but you have been able to add to the squad a little bit and hopefully we'll be able to do more so in the future? Yeah, I mean, building, you know, building a club was, was certainly the, the origins of my time here. I think Alan and, and the people who have got involved want to add on to that and their own kind of feel and their own twists and turns, their own different ways of marketing the club and branding, et cetera, et cetera. But as I said, you know, trying to build it in a, in a process, trying to build it with a structure and organisation, it's not easy. It sounds easy. All these things do when you're talking about you write them down on a bit of paper. But, you know, you're dealing with a lot of changes at any one time and trying to make everyone's nose point in the right direction. So it does take time. How's it been on the pitch in 2021? There's a statistic knocking about for, for points per game in the calendar year, and I, I think you're bottom of, of the 92. Does that kind of reflect that it's been a difficult 12 months? It reflects the reality of being in the Premier League. That's what it reflects. You know, if you think, <clears throat> if you think you're Burnley in the Premier League and you're going to be winning a lot more than you're not, well, then you're probably a bit naive. Um, the reality challenge to, the, to what it is to be Burnley in the Premier League is usually, not always, because we, we've played, you know, some fantastic seasons, seventh and, you know, 10th uh, with 54 points matching the seventh season and the like. Um, but most scenes have been a big challenge for us. This one's no different. The year has been a big challenge for many people, not just for us in football, but as, it's, as we are talking about football, then it's been a challenge for us without a doubt. 
Um, the idea of points per games and all that kind of stuff, really, it means nothing. What, what means the most is being in the Premier League. We are in the Premier League. We deserve to be there. We've earned the right to be there. And now the challenge is to continue that. And I suppose, having been there for a number of seasons, you know the value of that. You don't take it for granted. No, definitely not. You can't. You can't take the Premier League for granted. You know, you maybe can. I know we, you know, I use the term all the time, but the superpower clubs, the big six, maybe there's a couple of others nowadays, you know, obviously Leicester have, you know, grown as a club for, you know, the way they put finance, but also the team that they are and Everton similar and that sort of thing. But generally, you would imagine that the big six, you know, they're ups and downs, but they're probably going to be in and around it. Um, for everyone else, it can be a challenge uh, every season in the Premier League. And this is apropos of nothing and not related to anything, but um, I need a new pair of shoes, Sean. And you're the guy for advice here. What's, what's the number one thing I should be looking for? Well, it's a little bit of a misconception. I'm only the guy that likes handmade leather shoes. I'm not going to start giving fashion advice, particularly to you, because you're a man of high fashion. I've noticed that. I wasn't really thinking about the fashion. I was oh, well, more I thinking about that. the considerations was... of what makes a, a good pair of shoes. It's fair to say that I was joshing uh, about your fashion sense. Um, but I, I would suggest a good pair of uh, handmade leather shoes, possibly from my home county of Northampton. Um, still some fine shoemakers there, although they've shrunk a bit in size due to the, the world's demand of different styles of shoes. But usually a welted sole, handmade, uh, hand-stitched, ideally. Um, depends, what, depends what your finance suggests, let's say, in the shoe market. I think we both know that I'm not at the top end of the market. I'm not a superpower club. I'm not a superpower club either, um, but it's fair to say I like to dip my toe in some of the better end of the market shoe-wise. Now and again, not always. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Dan. <clears throat> the top, yeah. Hi, Sean. Hi. Um, we, we mentioned briefly earlier on the January signings, the January window. Um, I was just wondering, when it, when it comes to looking at players that you might potentially sign, would you be looking to actively avoid unvaccinated players? for obvious reasons? Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I think it's everyone's right to make a decision. That's the... I, I'm pro it, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm pro it with my players, but they, they still have their rights, their own rights to make a decision. Um, and until someone suggests that you have to do that and you have to be vaccinated, that might change. Um, I don't think that will probably happen. But no, it wouldn't be the first thing in our thinking, that's for sure. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask was, I know you spoke uh, a bit about this earlier in the week, but just to be clear, the Premier League introducing five subs per match to sort of help with a fixture backlog, is that that's something that you, you wouldn't be in favour of? I, I think. No, 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 another misconception. I just offered a view, and my view was, for one, I won't make the decision. Over two, it suggests that the superpower clubs just have a bit more of a, a leeway because they often carry big squads of, of top international footballers from all around the globe. So if you can change five at any, any game, then that must have some kind of advantage, in my opinion. But uh, it's only a view. I never said it was the exact view. It was only my view. That's great. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Alex James, number five. Hi, Sean. Hi. Just on the, on the COVID situation, just to, to double-check, then you haven't had any new positive cases. It's just... No, not so far. Not so far. We've got another... We get tested every day, but the, the next round of PCR testing will be tomorrow. And I think you mentioned that, that Josh Brownell wouldn't be back, but you were perhaps hopeful on two of the four being back out of isolation. Given what we spoke about earlier in the week, is it as simple as they're out of isolation, therefore they're in the squad? Or do you have to take into some consideration whether they're sort of fit to play given the limited training they'll have been able to do? Yeah, I mean, this is what we put on the uh, the Zoom call with the Premier League, the idea of um, 
the way that I can only speak of football, by the way, you know, I can't speak of outside of football, the way it's affecting the footballers that we know at our club, and I've heard from another, uh, you know, a number of different people in the game, has been very, very minimal. So we were, we were offering the view of, well, if it is minimal, could we bring them players in once they're, they feel well, even, you know, if they've had um, raised temperatures or heart rates or whatever the knock-on effect can be, um, with the amount of monitoring we've got now available, could it be that them players come in? Because if we keep getting games called off, at least the players who are having a, a lockdown period could come in in their own cars, in their own clothes. No one touches them, quite obviously. They stay away from everyone. But from a distance, you can still monitor the workload they're doing. We could still feed down from their GPS, from their heart monitors, how their body's responding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Therefore, in theory, I mean, it sounds like oh, it's not that easy, but in theory, when that player now is required on the back of the, the, the seven-day period and testing clear, then at least they'd be in readiness to go back in. As it stands at the moment, with them not being allowed in at all, then it's difficult. You know, to they, they, you know, they, they've got to sort of lock down. They've got to find a way, usually on maybe a watt bike or something, of ticking over. But it's not the same as being on the grass and running and being that kind of um, that kind of fitness edge, if you like. Possibly the knock-on effect could, in theory, be less games being called off. Um, if this virus keeps going through everyone, it looks like it probably, you know, it seems to me we're all going to get it or the way it's going at the minute at some point. Um, possibly that would help more players be available when they return. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, like I say, these are only views that a few of us shared on the Zoom call. These are not exact moments in time. Um, the Premier League, the, the science on the Premier League, the, the uh, medical side of the Premier League, they've got all the information and some of the thoughts that we have. It's down to them and, of course, guided by central government and what they're allowed to do and what they can do. With that in mind, and obviously Nick Pope was, was one of the ones that you were missing um, in the week. How sort of pleasing was it to see Wayne Hennessy come in and, and perform the way he did? Yeah, really good. Um, you know, we know what Wayne knows about in the dressing room, the way he is, the way he conducts himself, first class, incredibly humble guy for, for having done a lot in his career and still going, still active, still wants to do it, still working hard and made a couple of fantastic saves last night. Just following on from what, what Dan mentioned on um, on ALK, have, have ALK and, and Alan Pace sort of a year in been pretty much what, what you expected and, and perhaps also what you wanted in terms of being able to stretch the finances a little bit in, in the summer and, and also letting you get on with your job and, and managing the team? Yeah, it's a different kind of process. You know, different people learning about them, them learning about not just me, but the club and the feel of the club. A lot of the work has been done away from the football side into the office side and the running of the club on that side. And like I say, the marketing, the branding. Um, on our side, there has been, as you suggested, some input on the, the player recruitment and certainly financially. You know, and I think it needs to continue to be just stretched. I've always said that. It's not about, you know, the, the club's been built very, very wisely over a long, long period of time financially and the way it's been built and the slow but good progress, high quality progress in many areas, I feel. Um, and now it's about can you keep adding on to that without ripping the heart out of it? You know, so I, th I think that's the, the key and that's the, the balance, I think, that Alan will be looking for. You know, injecting enough support um, with staffing, with, with finance as well and into the team without kind of ripping it all to bits and saying, right, we're going to do everything completely different. I think it's a, it's a, it's a delicate process, I think. And just lastly for me on, on January, obviously you don't operate with the biggest squad. You, you like to sort of keep 2021 outfield players. Do you feel perhaps more of a necessity to try and add if you can in January, given that, as you said, everyone's probably likely to get COVID at some point. You're going to lose players to COVID. You're obviously going to lose players to injuries and suspensions. Or do you see enough in what you've got that you'll be able to get, get through the season and, and stay up? 
Well, I don't think you can just, or certainly we can't just sign a player just purely because of the risk of COVID. I don't think we can do that. Um, and I, I certainly don't think Alan would be keen on that, just signing any old player because of the risk of COVID. But it does have to be factored in slightly, the thinking, I understand. Um, I think it's more about, you know, what the team may need, what we can operate in. If there's financeable level, what level is it at? Um, possible shift in sands with our own players, although unlikely, we, you know, we think all the squad will be here, the current squad that is. I mean, it's, it's always an ongoing process. I say it all the time. You know, we, we don't just cherry pick because it's often we can't. We have to keep with the process from our recruitment staff, keep with the open lines of communication and the awareness of players and their situations. And then if and when the moment's right and we have the backing and support, then we'll go and press the green button and, and get on with things. Is that backing and support there for the, for the right player then, do you think, in terms of budget? We'll see. Nice one. Thanks, Sean. Happy New Year. All the Thanks, best for Sunday. and you. Cheers. Thanks, Alice. Chris, Chris Borden, Alex Press. Oh, he's on camera. You get on okay. camera nowadays. Is he getting on camera? Yeah, he is today. All right. <laughs> well, then, Chris, lucky you. The, the abs absence of, uh, of, of uh, daily writers. Ah, right, so, I see. Yeah. Just, uh, no, just, so we're not, not asked about uh, contracts for a while, but is, is that a sort of... I suppose it's a bit of a, a strange situation if you know, until you know which which league you're going to be in. Do you know which 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 are the lads you'd like to keep? Is that is that a, one of the considerations? Uh, no, not really. I've I've mentioned to Alan, you know, a number of months ago uh, um, about the contract situations, um, the the challenges of the current players against what we can bring in against the future, because you know we want to be blending in the future with the current players who we think can can help us in the Premier League, of course. Um, you know, every, all the lines of communication are open. They're, they're speaking to the agent, they're speaking to the players. Um, sometimes it's a player's view to hold, sometimes it's the club's view to hold. You know, there's many different situations can occur. Um, and it's kind of an individual process for each player. You know, each player will have a different view of their future, whether it's the, the current future, literally, or the mid and long term. Yeah, I mean, so starting sort of, uh, sort of moulding moulding the club with, with, with younger lads in the summer. I mean, is that, is that something that's going to take a, a period of time, a few windows, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, we were looking to do that three or four years ago, but I couldn't get the investment to do that. So it was, you know, it was a slow burner and we were just working, you know, uh, hand to mouth, really, with what we could get in at that time. Um, the OK Group and Alan have come in to specifically kind of look at that and know they've got to put some investment in to get that to happen. And the process for, <clears throat> excuse me, the younger players to come in and start adding to the, the experience of the group, um, sorry, the current experience of the group, because it is an experienced group, and get that nice blend that every club's looking for. And we certainly have been for a while. It's just that you need finance to do that. And this summer is the first time in a few summers that there was finance available to say, right, OK, let's look at the next level of sort of younger player, some developing players, some a bit more game ready, if you like, and then blend that into the team. And that's what we're looking to do and, and have looked to do last summer and will continue to look to do. Yeah, perfect. I mean, we, we saw it uh, sort of last last night with, you know, Westy, when he plays, you know, the, these balls sort of around the corner and he you know, plays them nice and early. And uh, I think Vin's had a half, half a sniff, didn't he? But uh, I was looking at the stat in terms of like, Entries in final third in the, in the big five European leagues. There's only Trent Alexander-Arnold and Sergio Busquets made more than Westy over the calendar year. It sort of shows where he's where he's at. Yeah, I mean, look, we we like what Westy's developed into because when he came here, I spoke to him endlessly about he'd kind of uh, you know they they call it recycling, you know, nowadays in modern football, recycling the ball, and he'd got too used to that, and he'd stopped 
putting the ball at risk. And I said, I wanted him to put the ball at risk. I wanted him to do that. He's got a good passing range. He's got a lovely technique, really good touch. Um, and I'm pleased he's done that. And I think he's added to his game that freedom to put it at risk and that freedom to make a mistake. You know, you can't, you can't learn to play um, splitting passes and, and kind of game affecting passes unless you're willing to make the mistakes that come with it. Um, and I'd prefer to see my players extend themselves and make mistakes at time. It gets frustrating now and again when they're making wrong decisions, but I'd prefer that. I'd prefer the players to go and express themselves, play, put the ball at risk and try them passes and try them, them delicate passes, them ones that make a difference in a game. And he's adapted to that really well and his stats back that up. Yeah, it's a big asset. <laughs> with, with dead balls and in open play as well as in terms of uh, assists. Yeah, I mean, he should be really pleased with himself, you know, in his career, I think, because he's developed a long way over the, the, the last few years that he's been here and came in here as a, you know, older pro. Um, could be said he was he could have been set in his ways, but he hasn't been. He's opened his mind, he gets turned more, he plays forward more and puts the ball at risk more, which is exactly what I wanted, uh, wanted him to do. Yeah, is, is that what you wanted from Dale as well last night? It seems to be very... Progressiveness, yeah, I thought he came on and affected the game. We want that as well. He's he's hungry because obviously he's you know it's been a, an, a, an up and down time for him for for no fault of his own since he's been here. Um, he probably needs more game time to be honest. But he showed last night he's willing to affect it, and he came on. You know, got a couple of good tackles in and breaks of play, and then used the ball wisely. Um, so yeah, we want that from all the players. You know, we want like I say, you know, we want the ball put at risk. Whatever people use or the terms they sometimes use about us. I want players to be able to, if you're, when you think about it rationally, you know, if you're a Premier League player, arguably one of the highest levels of, of football in, in the world, you should be able to pass the ball, you know, more than 20 feet, in my opinion. You'd like to think so. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> probably, but, I mean, just, just looking at the, <clears throat> the starting lineup last night, probably, probably a bit of a surprise to many, I think. Many would look at that and think maybe Dwight would be the one playing playing off the front. But uh, is that a possibility for him moving forward, getting him uh, sort of uh, playing on people's shoulders and things like that? Yeah, possibly. Um, we've explored it in the past down at Palace. I remember a couple of years ago he played in there, and you know finding his way and learning his way in there is a difference. As a as has got a bit more game knowledge and older and wiser, and you know his pace to break up the play, not just use the ball. Um, and I thought he played very well last night. It was a, a important decision from us as a staff because obviously he's generally a wide man, but we like what we saw. Excuse me, and we like the way he's been going about his business, and we wanted to give him the freedom to go and perform, and I thought he did. Um, you know, and then you get the popular misconceptions of why did you take him off? Well, he hasn't played a lot of football lately. We've got another game on Sunday, so we have to be careful with that. We have to be delicate with that and make sure that these players are available because we have had another spell, unfortunately, with COVID and injuries where it's softened our group again. So, but no, back to his performance. I thought he performed very well. Dwight's a possibility in there. Johan's a possibility in there. Johan played there at Charlton, don't forget, for a, a number yeah. of games. So, yeah, I mean, we do have possibilities to change the, the, the way that we're trying to work and we're trying to change it. Look, you know, we, I do believe in two strikers. That hasn't worked as well this season so far. I still think it'll have its chance um, when everyone's fit. But the point is we want to be flexible. We want to adapt to different ways of playing and see if that can open up the opposition and give us, you know, a different way of opening up the op opposition. Maxwell's proved that can he can do that for us. And I thought, as I did last night, not only his goal, but I thought some of the ways that he broke the play, some of the lines that he was breaking, you know, different ways of getting turned and affecting the game. So I was pleased for him and I was pleased for us, but... Inevitably, we didn't get nothing from the game. So that's, that's the bit that we've got to add into, not just how it looks, but actually getting the, 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 uh, the points on the board. Yeah, so, so with, 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 uh, with Barnsley House and with Jay, Jay out currently and Vince carrying a bit of a niggle, it's, it's ideal timing, isn't it? 
Well, that as well, but also the, the flexibility we've, we've shown in the past with the number 10. We, we had a great season getting into Europa with Jeff Hendrick playing a lot in there, um, you know, finding different ways of operating. So, you know, it's all part of the parcel of looking at how you can flex what you're doing to, to be more successful. And we haven't found that yet, but it showed strong signs at times, you know, and, and I thought as I showed strong signs that it can work last night with, the, with, with his performance.